Hello, New York, and hello, world. Welcome to M Squared, the fastest growing podcast in Staten Island. We're here with a special guest today, Corey Schiffer, Style Jewelers. We're also joined by Anthony Rapachulo, PR Cision, and Mike Zellfield, the Techie Geek. Hello, hello. Welcome, hello. fellas. So, for those of you watching, for those of you listening, I'm wearing a suit today, which we usually don't film these in suits, but those of you who are, who are watching, right? We had uh, the Women of Achievement event today here in Staten Island, uh, hosted by Caroline Harrison. Um, and her family and Brian Leyline out here. So my question for you guys, just starting out, this this podcast about marketing, branding, things like that. But branding is a big part of like self-image, right? So today, I haven't dusted off a suit in a while because of the pandemic and COVID and everything like that. And good. you know, right. yeah. does does it matter anymore? Does dressing up in the workplace really matter anymore? Is that part of like? people's self-image and what they become? Do people care about it anymore? I think I have to take this one. Absolutely, it matters. Being in a suit and a tie at all times, 100% is very important. Wait, no, wait. Where? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I had the suit on just an hour ago. I didn't I know you owned a suit. I own three of them. I don't say I fit in them, but I wow. have three suits. And I was just at the Woman of Achievement. It was great. I was there for uh, my friend Denise Hanek, who received the award. Or, or the honor, and I did have a suit and tie on. I was told uh, in my invite that you must wear a suit and tie. I had a suit and tie. The event ended. I drove home. I put my T-shirt back on, and here I am. I think you notice it more when you don't dress up ever. So we'll use you as an example, right? So if, if you wore a suit and tie, it's like an anomaly, right? It's like hell opened up. The earth is going to kind of concave, and someone's going to die. But when Dan does it, you're just like, oh, he had something to do today. Now, it is the one thing is, it is – different coast to coast. So I grew up, not grew up, I lived in Arizona for three years in corporate America in Arizona. And hi, Mike, the owner of the company, and we're talking a a valuation of almost a billion dollar company, would show up in Bermuda shorts, you know, a t-shirt and flip-flops and walk around the office. You know, in New York, you don't, you didn't really see that prior to COVID and the work from home and what you and what you had, but it was very normal there. So it really is a coast to coast thing. I'm going to be the first one to tell you, it depends in the field you're in, right? I understand why the finance guys are on suits. That's, but hey, it's probably time to pivot and change. But in the IT world, do I really need to be in the suit? Does that make me any better? than the person that wears a suit. Justify your charges and your prices. Yeah, That's I think what I was going to say. Now, yeah. Corey, I mean, now, Corey, you, you deal with very high-end clientele, right? So do you see a difference in the way that people are coming into your store or what they're doing when they're going for bigger purchases? Do you feel a difference with your staff as to... I think we dress appropriately. Uh, the business casual does come into account. I do have women that work for me. Uh, they do dress professionally. I wouldn't say overdressed, but at the same time, uh, I don't wear suits to work. Um, it's not my thing. Um, at events, I do, and um, and client bigger client meetings, I guess, uh, depending on the situation, I would uh, more vendor specific uh, when trying to impress. But other than that, I think business casual is the way to go. But I'm going to say you don't wear suits to work, but I've seen you in suits a number of times appropriately. But look at this. You have your, I don't even know what that's called, the collar or the sleeve or whatever that's called, flipped up. It matches. The sleeve. What is that called? I don't even the know. decorative cuff? The decorative cuff. Decorative cuff. Oh. Matching your bracelet there. Yep. So, yeah. so you're still, but again, I'm you're a jeweler and, you uh, need a, and you're going to always have accessories, right? Because sure. you want me to look and go, oh, that, that's a great look. Right. What, what type of accessory will match my T-shirt? Right. And those are great headphones. They look wonderful. <laughs> the technology of how this is all working is very creative, too. So uh, you see, it all works hand in hand. Right. right? You got to dress the part. 
So right. let's get into the branding and marketing side of it. So you have a very unique opportunity here to start growing your business in a different way. You've opened a, a concierge service out in Red Bank. And you're going from a place where you're very established to now going to being the new kid on the block and trying to figure it out all over again. So can you share a little bit about your story quickly, how you got started into it and, and talk about this new venture and, and are there similarities of some of the things that you're seeing is, is building a brand in Staten Island to, to Red Bank? Right. Great questions, by the way. And you can tell me to shut up anytime you want because I can talk about this all day. But uh, the interesting part is I came into the business in 2009 and my mom and dad were in the business since 1986. They started Independent Jewelers after my dad had sold his taxi medallion, a New York City taxi medallion, and just trying to make a better life for our family. And he started in the jewelry business. So in 2009... Uh, they operated on the independent jewelers market, which was next door to Cafe Luna on Highland Boulevard. In 2009, uh, when the economy started to dip and things started to happen, my father was sick uh, with MS and multiple heart issues and couldn't manage the retail side of the business. Uh, my brother was man um, managing manufacturing, which we got into, and, and uh, I left my job at uh, Merrill Lynch slash Bank of America and came to take over the family business. And tried to figure out how to run a jewelry store and how to manage uh, people. Um, the problem was that there were no people to really manage because no people were coming in back then. But uh, that kind of, I feel like that was a blessing in disguise um, that I had to have figure it out myself. Uh, I, nothing was really handed to me. And I think some people probably think that, but it's okay. But no, you know, Casal Jewelers was a reputable name on Staten Island and he did a great job at doing it. Um, I guess, but when I took over, things were a little slow based on the economy and whatnot. So. Um, just prayed a whole lot and, and met a lot of good people along the way. And instead of me trying to tell them about me, I tried to learn more about them. Uh, I remember Phil Guarneri was instrumental in kind of introducing me into the networking world. Um, and kind of uh, Christine Fiorenza as well brought me into different meetings and such. And, you know, my first endeavor really was going to the, uh, uh, what did he do? The, the breast cancer walk at Clove Lakes Park. It's probably the rainiest day I've seen in Staten Island ever back in 2009. And we set up a table and we sold cookies. And we said hi to people and met people. And I just felt good. Uh, I felt good being able to raise whatever I could. I didn't have any money at the time because I put all my money into the business. But being able to sit there and just help and then extend that to doing uh, the American Cancer Society Business Council that we had formed where we did events to raise money for them was really the beginning. And then you realize like there's nothing easy in business. And I'm sure you guys know and you feel the same way. Uh, it's very easy to say, oh, let's put an ad in a newspaper. Or let's, not, nothing against that. But no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> we do that all the <laughs> time. Do you? Yeah. I was like, we wait a minute. I'm in a, I'm in a media company. Wait till we tell but, uh, the but I guess tell, the, tell them the story about the... Uh, the watches? The watches. The watch batteries. The yeah. watch batteries. So... My first promotion, my dad said, all right, listen, you call Lisa Taff over at the Advance. If Lisa, if you're listening, uh, thank you for this, by the way. But uh, you call Lisa Taff and you tell her to put a post-it on the front page of the newspaper. And uh, I'm like, all right, well, uh, what is that going to do? Well, put a free watch battery. He goes, you'll see you'll have people storming through the door and you'll be so happy because I didn't have anybody walking in the door. So we had a doorbell system that would ring. Right. And when you heard the doorbell, you get excited. Like, right, someone's here. You know, you don't know what it is. But but that day. That doorbell was ringing like crazy, and I was dressed in a suit. How funny is that? So I was dressed in a suit that day because I was getting ready for the look rush, good, right? First I got impression. Good, right? It was ready. You only get one chance people, to make a first impression. People are coming in, right? So doorbell's ringing, doorbell's ringing more than it did in two weeks, right? So I finally I turn the corner from my back office, and I go to walk downstairs, and the store was filled 
But unfortunately, it was senior citizen men wanting 10 watch batteries because I didn't put limit one per customer, right? Well, that's how you so learn. I was called a fraud. I was called a this or that. I called every name in the book. And I had one guy actually go across to the deli and buy multiple newspapers. You could thank me for that, uh, San Allen Media Group. And, uh, and actually come you. back and, and try to redeem them for his you know, multitude of watches, whatever. So what did that do for me? It did two things. One is I was able to get away quick when they all turned their backs and ran to the back <laughs> office because uh, I didn't want to come back out. But the second thing is, is, you know, my staff saw that I was human, right? And this was Dominic Casal, the old owner, his staff that stayed with me, that wasn't sure where they were going to be when my parents and my family finally closed the second location they were in, the original. And, uh, you know, I saw that I was human and I had a, had a personal side. And, and it was at that moment that I guaranteed them Somehow I'm going to figure this out. Just give me some time, right? I just need to see what I need to do. And that's when I went to my first chamber mixer at the Renaissance, actually. And um, I remember. Gone. We're old, and, uh, bro. I know, I know. It's so, it's so bad. So what, uh, what year was that? 2009. And, and, and look, I'm going to say, so I started my business 2013. And very quickly, within my first year, I started on the chamber stuff. And I remember going out and seeing you everywhere and looking up to you because you you that. grew this business and look if you really think about it you did it really quick right within if you did this in 2009 that was 2013 when I'm seeing you everywhere so right. within 4 years you exploded the business from waiting for the doorbell to ring to having people that. in that building thank you one yeah. of the original 40 under 40 members, one That's of the original right. executive club members. Come on, yeah. you go way back. So I got a list. You one know? of the recurring themes on the show is that community is important, giving back is important. And from where I stand, and just to reiterate what Mike said, you kind of wrote the book back in 2009 on how to do that. Oh, because you. a lot of people weren't doing it the way you were doing it. You were killing yourself, because I, yeah. you know, we're friends and I would see you killing yourself. <laughs> but you were at everything. Yeah. You were donating to everything you were putting up. So talk a little bit about how that helped you there and how do you think you can translate that to the Red Bank community? Great question. Um, and thank you guys. I, I'm, I'm very humble. We don't really like you that said. much. I'm just I, well, I know. We're on the show. You both finally said nice stuff. I'm trying to be you nice. Know, it's very rare. So yeah, yeah you're, choking, just you're choking me up a little bit. Um, but uh, thank you guys. I, I never really thought you, I don't know. I don't know. I just do. I just do when I live my life. I have young children that, that you know, if I'm going to, tell them what they should do, then I should lead by example too. But I, I honestly just, I just felt the, the, that being right to be able to get involved in the community, be creative on how we market and uh, be creative on how we give back. So the, the big difference between, let's say 10 years ago and now is, is, you know, my, my kids were babies and I was building a business. So yes, I was everywhere. Like I, my, I was everywhere. My wife didn't work she was home with the kids. Uh, gratefully, uh, she was able to raise our children, our three beautiful children. And, um, that's why they're beautiful and really good now. They're not bald yet. Oh, <laughs> they're hairy face and they're smart kids. And, <clears throat> and uh, she was able to do a great job raising them. And I was able to be out as much as I was. And I enjoyed it. I met so many good people along the way. And that's kind of where the brand came from. It, it, you know, as small businesses, I think we have to realize that the brand is us. You know, when you think of branding, you know, you could think, okay, Pepsi is a brand, right? Pepsi is a recognizable can of soda that you can put everywhere, right? Because they did their job in the beginning. I guess for Casal Jewelers, you know, my, my logo now, because I did, I worked 10 years of being out in the community so much that the logo 
is is pretty much presenting it, us as a as a business that it's gives your back. Face. It could be your face. Uh, yeah, that's how good it's become. That's what it's become. Uh, not yet, but maybe one day. But but I guess the, the, the thing is, I guess the the interesting part is that like yeah, people know the logo, people know Casal, and I'm grateful for the community supporting us, and I love giving back. I, if if I can do anything, I mean, I have a bu marketing budget that I deal with, with the uh, Staten Island Media Group. Thank you guys. What a great relationship we have. Uh, a little shout out to you guys. But look, it doesn't happen without the work that you need to put in to build up your brand, you know? And whether it's, you know, uh, going out to events, whether it is some type of uh, paper advertising, social media, everything, it's a big piece of the pie, right? It's, it's all a big, big it, thing. So, it, you know, being out there, meeting people, helping others, seeing smiles on people's faces. Look, I'm still giving. I'm just not there, right? So I'm able to give these these vacation boards, which you'll We're have one later, at Meals on Wheels, and also for the Grace Foundation over at um, uh, the Stone House tonight as well. I'm able to give, but now that my children are older, uh, I want to be at their sports games. I coach everything. So and, it's and people understand that, right? You know, people, a lot of business owners and, and community understand that you want you you want to be there for your kids, so they're going to respect you for that even more. But you're still giving back even right. without being there. So yeah. Staten Island is such a different animal, though. I mean, it's a really good place. Yeah, a hundred percent. When you're on this island and you're isolated in here, it's it's incredible how tight knit the community is, the business community is, and how, how people give back. And we saw a lot of that yesterday, right, when we're breaking the world record with the Grace Foundation uh, for autism acceptance. Businesses came out. They showed up. They showed their support. Uh, not only did they financially show support, but they physically came out and got out there. Um, so it's it's got to be different in Red Bank. Yeah. And you are you don't even have a storefront. In Red I Bank, so You know, the brand, again, the, it is different, and I think – it's going to be interesting how it's evolving because it's it's starting, right? Um, the Red Bank location is private client. Um, it is much much different. It's a jewelry store without jewelry. How's that? That even makes possible? perfect sense, <laughs> right? Who else? Well, would this do is makes a lot cheaper. You don't need all the inventory. Podcast. It's a podcast without episodes. I know. We haven't released Listen, one yet. I, I had a vision, you know, and it's funny. I'll, I'll start with COVID. Right? COVID made this happen, right? Because I, what happened was was once we reopened. In June of, I guess, 2020, uh, they made us put down these six-foot markers all over our floor. And we realized we can only have like seven or eight people in at a time. So the most time that was being taken up was by engagement customers, bridal customers, people that had lengthier stays, right? So I had built up my back office uh, in a way that was comfortable, where people could sit and not be worried about us being shut down right. or, you know, being too close to somebody or whatever. So I, I was able to do that and bring people back to an intimate uh private experience that they really did appreciate. So the bridal business for us really started to build right after COVID because of that experience. So what did I do? I decided, all right, let me see if I can build out that back room that I have in Staten Island somewhere in Red Bank. And, and that's kind of where I did my search and, uh, and, and really took, I took a class on jewelry design. So now I design engagement rings, wedding bands. I repurpose people's jewelry and stuff of what they have, and they remake, take all their stones and remake something new, you know, and and, and just cater to anything that anyone marketing needs. Marketing for exes. That's a great. That's a whole marketing campaign no, right marketing. there. No, it's passed down, man. Yeah, I'm, sure. talking about, I'm talking <laughs> about the passed down from generation say, to generation. Say whatever you want. It's multi-generational, man. Yeah, sure it is. And yeah. the exes, too. Uh, a combination. Multiple husbands and wives. But, but you, took, you took a, a bad thing like COVID, and right. you were willing to learn and adapt and pivot, and it basically changed how you're doing business and allowed you to open the second location. Yeah. And that's what makes you successful 
because you were able to recognize, and, and we talk about this on ep- lots of episodes of the two we have released, but on lots of episodes that you need to pivot and you have to watch and, and, and be willing to change. Because if you just do the same old thing as everyone else, you're never going to scale, you're never yep. going to grow. And, that's, and you also do that in your marketing. Yeah. Yes, you work with the media group, the Sound Media Group, and, and they help you to get your message out. But you come up with these crazy creative ideas, like which at the race for the, the race ring. For the race. I was going to go back to that. Go. Yeah, right. That was one right. Of the so good ones. yeah, you're like, how did you come up with that idea? I was drunk. I was driving on the Outer Bridge. I thought you were going to say I was drunk. You like I was drunk. I was drunk. That's why. Yeah, I drank for 45 years. I've been I've been clean for three. So actually, it worked out well. Uh, I had a 45 year run. But uh, I guess. It's interesting, I was driving over the Outer Bridge in, in 2009 again, right? And it was the, uh, right at the end of the summer, and uh, I was in so much traffic, right? I mean, the shore, right? The Jersey Shore, right? 2009 was hot happening back then, right? It was not as much today. It still but, is. We're just uh, old. Well, you we know just what? don't experience well, no, There's no traffic. Right. Maybe I get home earlier. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. But either way, I was coming back from DJs, wherever I was, and, uh, and I looked up. I'm like, wow, this would be a great time to get a billboard, like, right over the bridge. So I remember I made a phone call, right? And um, I asked how much, right? And it was... 10k. No, it was it was like six, six thousand. Wait, oh, I'm sorry, eight thousand a month, right? Right. There we go for six months. So it was forty eight thousand, and then we had to pay for it to be get done. Right. So I'm about fifty five to sixty thousand. Number one, I just got in the business. I had no money whatsoever, right? Number two is is like I'm not spending fifty thousand dollars on doing this. So as I'm sitting there on the bridge in traffic, I called Christine Garlisi, right, from the Hilton. And she didn't answer right away, but then I texted her because I was in traffic, of course. And I said, hey, Christine, I have a great idea. I want to do something crazy. Just give me a call. She called me back right away, told her what I was thinking. I want to do a race for a ring. I want to give away an engaging ring, include the community. And like, it's a great thing. I think I want you to partner with me. I want the Hilton to be a partner. And she said, we're in. And that was it. And then we grabbed sponsors and, and uh, partners in sound, Joey G, uh, AF Bennett was involved, uh, Industry Magazine. And I don't know. It just it, it, it grew. And, and, and they loved it. Yeah, people loved it. It's a great and, thing. It's, it's people fun. still talk it, about it. It was a lot of I mean, fun. It's an amazing it, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, you know. And um, and I'm blessed to be able to help couples get engaged. Uh, you know, we also dealt with some of the couples that didn't win. But you know what? At the end of the day, it was a great experience that I hope one day they could share with their kids. Right? We had video of them. We gave them everything, photos. We we just made it an experience, even for those who didn't win. And we tried to help out those who had to buy a ring, of course. So you know, and we helped raise money for charity through our comedy night that we do, we would always do. And um, it, it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a, it was a three month promotion, right? And how many so, times did you do it though? Nine. Nine. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it had staying power. Oh, well, it was it, longevity. It rolled. Yeah. Everyone no, looked why, forward to it. Why did you stop it? Came. Uh, why did I stop it? Ran its course. It ran its course. Yeah, I think with COVID, with everything, with uh, I guess just. Uh, Things happen, you know, I don't know. It, it, it became a little tougher to do, I guess, with the situations that I was in. And um, it just was something I felt like it ran its course. Okay. I had a great nine years. And also, cost went up, too. I mean, I don't know your business, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure a diamond nine years ago right. is well, a lot less expensive well, than yes, the same diamond yes, but, today. Right. You know? But Well, then they have these lab diamonds that people are doing and stuff, which Got is it. a little bit more presentable. But, you know, at the same time. It just was, it was, we had our run. We had a great run. Uh, and, and, and I felt like it was a great time to, to stop and, and just, just find other ways to give back. And uh, that's kind of why we do these boards, these vacation boards and such. So you didn't get to do the billboard then. Did you ever do a billboard since then? Small ones. Not, not, the, not the Verrazano, uh, not the Outerbridge. We talk um, about that all the time. How billboards are dead. Anti-billboard. I mean, but it's all right. People like them. No, I mean, it's just, I tried it for like six months once and it was just. Gatorade, not, Coke, I didn't like Pepsi, it. billboards work, branding yeah. all day. 
Those they don't need ones. to track right, it. They, right, don't need right, metrics. Right. they don't need it. You need metrics. You yeah. need to know who clicked. Yeah. You have an agency, and I don't know if you named, if you do still work with them, but I remember when I, yes, but don't you have another agency yes. you work with as well? I did, yeah. So between SI Media Group, Dan, and the other agency, yeah. you have a team of people that are tracking, building, creating, and giving you data. Right. You're not getting that from a billboard. No. I mean, that's, I mean you, you know. I mean, listen, everybody has a profile, right? Uh, the profile is is what you search, uh, your uh, your interest, what you're looking at, what 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 you've purchased, right? So everything gets stored up, right, in your phone, your location, where you've been, what you've been doing. So all of that comes into play, and you become a profile, right? That that if I want to target that profile, I can. You can't target and say you hope somebody you talks hope over the bridge. It also it's better it to you become more more efficient with your dollars, 100%. right? Because now you're able to understand acquisition costs, right. and leads, and what you're willing to make as an investment in the into a potential customer, yeah. and then understanding what is that lifetime value of a potential customer as they come in the door. So if they come in once for an engagement ring, they're coming back, right? They're right. going to go through that experience. You're going to design a ring for them on the big screen, 3D printed out, right. Right. like on the spot, yeah. like 3D printed. You like that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's, it's a really cool, right? cool thing. You guys, yeah, I didn't know you guys doing that. Been, oh, I'm doing some cool stuff now. That's cool. That's Red Bank. But the mold comes out like ready to go, and you're seeing the custom design piece that that's unique. That your fiance is going to end up having. Yeah, so that's where the, the training came in for Red Bank, where it's a jewelry design center slash concierge, right? So like every single engagement ring we have now, there's no surprise. Right? It's just right. not. It, the, the surprise is is when you get it. Right. So so the 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 the, the girl is going to be like, oh, I t you know you t tagged them in this, I pinned them in this. Uh, a guy says hey, she wants this. Uh, the girl's there, right? Uh, or a girl with a girl, whatever it is, right? You know, everybody's there, and they always show. Right, it's always they're, they're always tagging. So they, oh, they, they, it's it, there's no surprise. They're, Who's they're the jeweler? I'm gonna. I can't think of it. Who's the jeweler back in the day when I was buying rings and you were young? That one jeweler on Instagram that every woman in Staten Island, every woman in the country tagged him. You know who it was because we used to talk about him all the time. Jacob. No, no, that was the he was the, the ring guy. guy. I mean, and hundreds and hundreds. Where was of thousands he? Of where was he from? He was he was on Instagram only, Is, only Instagram. Okay, not even Facebook. And every woman, at least on the island, I know had them. And you would even sometimes in your was it a brand reels, or was it was it a, it was a brand? Baraggio uh, Takori. Uh, no, not like that. Well, it wasn't like Scott Stinger. Like I hate no. jewelry or Singer. something. Singer, Singer. No. But either way, all right, uh, so it wasn't that important because it, it didn't last, no, right? No, it didn't last, but no. But the point is everyone, every woman had that saved and would show a jeweler exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but the thing is, the flip side is that the jeweler, those jewelers can't do anything really right. with it because they, they, the people, jewelry stores don't want to do custom, uh, to be honest with you. you want, they want to sell what's been sitting in their case, you know, and that's something that I guess in the bridal world I realize a lot too is that um, – I want to design a ring for you that, that's going to be brand new. You're the first one putting it on. It fits you perfectly. It fits your diamond perfectly. It's exactly what you want. And that's what we're doing now. And like, like Dan was saying is I have a 3D printer. I sit there designing jewelry right in front of you, that's right? Cool. So I'm bringing, you're bringing your ring up. We'll kind of massage you. We, we 15 minutes, sit there, and you have the wax going. And then, boom, yeah, you see it, and you, you have the wax. You have the design files I give you and stuff. It's, it's a really cool experience. And actually, I had a customer, um, he, was, he was a doctor in a hospital in New Jersey who was a cardiologist, so he was grateful enough to give me an exam that day. Wow. I, there you <laughs> so go. During the 15 minutes of the wax printing, That's he checked funny. my EKGs, I showed him everything. <laughs> she was a nurse, she was checking my everything, my, my blood pressure. I, I, it was very interesting, actually, which, you know, so there's benefits, too. To go back to Dan's opening comment, I almost think that that's the equivalent of your suit. And I'll tell you why I'm thinking this, because for, for someone to sit down and spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars, if we're talking engagement rings and yeah. wedding rings, right? 
you're spending a lot of money. And while you may not be wearing the suit, if the guy or girl who's making this purchase has him designing this ring, going out of his way, that's almost the value added that while it's not a suit, it's still something that's equivalent that it justifies. Like I would, if I just went to you and you were like, yeah, the ring's 50. Yeah. And I bought it or I sat with you and you said it was 50, but you did all these little things, the intricate details. I think that adds extreme value to what you do and and to the consumer too. It makes it unique. I would feel more comfortable buying that. The space is gorgeous one, but like your your storefront here in Staten Island on Richmond Road, it looks like a piece of jewelry. Yeah, yeah. But in, in Red Bank, you're going into this intimate, like, really nice setting. It's clean. It's bright. It's vibrant. There's there's pictures of when you were with the beers, and and actually in the diamond mines yeah. and things like that. Yeah. It's just it's a it's an experience. It's not you're not going to just make a purchase now. Right. And that's you're kind of the you're zone. Saying. You're in the yeah. zone. Like, yeah. You feel when you it's, walk in, you know. You know what? I, I it's interesting because I guess I'm grateful that I'm getting that feedback because and, and people that come in are really appreciative of it. And uh, it's nice because again, personally, I. <laughs> I never take my foot off the gas. I always want more, better. I've always been that way. I'm just always been that way. I have, you know. Um, How do you do that? And then also yell and scream in TikTok and dress up like Abe Lincoln. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's talk about the Abe Lincoln campaign. Well, you and know, all those great campaigns. Abe, that Abe was just trying to get ahead. I mean, he's you know, he's wants to come back. But they work. Uh, <laughs> but what? I'm, but they work. So you uh, have all these unique campaigns built around a jewelry company, yeah. a jewelry brand, yeah, and. They don't have anything to do with the brand. That's why I think it works. But that's why right. I think it works. We well, talk about that a lot. Yeah, we talk about small it's, business people being their brand, right? right. And that's you have to have fun. I, I think having fun is people get to see the true side of you. I get my kids involved with a lot of stuff too. And during COVID, I had my my daughter and myself do a show, right? And just be real. I think if we could be real and always be fair, right, and always do our best, then no one could ever question us. And I tell people that all the time in business is. You know, don't try to take advantage of people. Do the right thing by people, right? Every single time, just do your best. And if you fail, you fail. You apologize, you fix it, and you make it right, right? I mean, it happens, right? And I have people that come into me. I can't close every single person that comes in. People engagement ring shop like they car shop, right? They want a deal. They want this. They want that. And some people don't don't want choose us. But you know what? This is the best I got, right? And if I'm consistent every single time in business, then there's no you know, well, you'll get this price A and you'll get price B. Why? Because you look like, oh, you look like you have more right. money. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's like the car Sorry. sales. No, it's yeah, like the yeah, car yeah, sales. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk in, you walk into Maserati dressed like me, no one's going to give you the time of day. Right. You walk in dressed like Dan, they're all over him. But then right. I take the wad of cash right. and go like this and yep. tell them you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're I, an idiot. And that's right. it. Right. You hit you them out. on the head with it, right? right? right. Excuse me. He looks good, but I have $100,000 cash. Right? What would you yeah, want to do? Yeah, it's people, so right? But that's it. Why? That's it. You that's can never. That's the thing. That That's the way. Hey, guys. So Dan's making never, fun of my never This judge. is the way. Never judge. Never judge a person by their dress. Well, I probably got $5 on my own. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, not much. Well, <laughs> yeah, with you know, credit cards and everything else now. But but it's it's been it's been nice. It's been a nice transition, and um, I'm excited where Red Bank is going, being able to help a lot of people so far, uh, more than I expected. So uh, it's very nice. Um, so how long? Give me the timeline. 2009. Yeah. So where where are we going the next two years? Give us give us like give us a one year outlook both for the flagship that we know and come to love and where you think the new concierge service is in a year from now. Where are they going? So Staten Island is going to continue being Staten Island. Of course, I'm there when I need to be. Uh, my staff is handling Staten Island very well, and I'm, I'm working remote. We'll call it right. Good for you, uh, which is good. Uh, but uh, so I'm going half and half right now with Red Bank and Staten Island. Um, but still dealing with customers when they need me uh, to go show up and do what I have to do. Uh, my projections are just keep 
pushing. Uh, I guess I don't have a number in mind. No, but not I just numbers. Wanna, I just meant where I guess, you see I guess the brand. evolving. Yeah, just evolving into someone people want to do business with and, and having the right people around me to do that. Um, look, we spend, I think you guys know, we spend the majority of our lives with the people we work with or the people that work for us, right? And if you don't enjoy their presence and they don't, they don't respect you, then what do you have, really, right? And you, 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 have a, you have a very un uncomfortable environment, but... You know, I'm blessed to have great people. I mean, they're just, they're all in, right? They're they are always smiling, right? We're, we're always having a good time. Well, and, to your face. No, you know. Yeah, it's, you know but I, we try. That's the thing. Like, it's just, it's a cool vibe, you know? And when, when I grew up, and I, I said this in the beginning, is I wanted to be the cheers of jewelry stores. You know, that when you walk in, we know your name. We right. know what's going on in your life. How's your kids? How's this? How's that? And that's what I saw with my parents when they ran the jewelry store as a kid. So it really, you know, just keep keep going. Just keep the train moving, right? And I think just evolving, like, with the times. I don't know if two years was going to happen. They're talking about AI stuff going on. There's people that could talk to you. you know, they're not real. Like, you know, I don't it's know. What, I don't this is not even Mike. This is a chat yeah, GPT, yeah, yeah, artificial the intelligence. Shirt. Yeah, the guy right. shirt. But it, it's really some interesting stuff. I mean, it really, I, I mean, I don't know how that's going to affect the jewelry store. I mean, supposedly it's like a McDonald's now. It's all robotic. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, but that's absurd. You're always going to need a diamond. No, of course. Or, no, I'm so, just saying more so just... You may not have to sell are it. You? But you're, you're Mr. NFT. What yeah. if I want to get engaged to you with the NFT? That's a little wild. Right. Oh, I Matt, mean, that's, that's what you But here's where it makes one. sense. Here's where it makes sense. If you go to Casal Jewelers, Breitling does it. You know this. Yeah. I don't know if Rolex does it, but I know Breitling does it. I'm not a Rolex guy. You buy, you buy a Breitling, you immediately take it home, you scan, and you have an NFT. Now, you can sell the NFT... And keep the physical. And keep the physical, or what they have are storage facilities where you could store and warehouse jewelry and other goods. Yeah. So, um, the Mona Lisa, right? So someone owns it somewhere. Blah blah blah. It's in the Louvre. But yeah. <laughs> in theory, but in theory, you can fragmentize that whole right. thing, yeah. right? And you I can know. sell a hundred. Oh, pieces I get it. Is that still going as strong as it was? I feel like it died a little bit. Didn't yeah, it? it died yeah. because the the forefront is not talking yeah, about. It. Uh, I don't know. It, it's always puzzling to me getting a piece of something. You know, be that, a piece of pie, piece of pizza. Over you're gonna, you're gonna be buying. <clears throat> listen, you're gonna be buying a car, buying a house, leasing a vehicle with an yeah. NFT. It's, it's just crazy, easier, isn't it? Yeah. It's easier. Yeah, I guess you know sporting uh, events, tickets, tickets, everything, yeah, ticketing, everything. Well, I mean, you know, you could even virtually go into a metaverse and just attend the sports. See game. that? I don't believe in that. I'm not that crazy. But everything else makes uh, sense because it's weird. utility. Why can't you sit down in a chair and be at the game? Right. I, that I don't believe. <laughs> in. But think about it. People choose. I only choose easy over what's what has friction every time. Yeah. Uber. No one was going to pay $20 to get across town. Sure they were. It's going to save you 20 minutes. Right. Even if you can't afford it, you're going to do it. You know what I mean? Even right. if you're not that kind of a no, guy. I get it. Down. I get it. Well, no. look, at, look at DoorDash and like how much that exploded. It's and again, wild, DoorDash. I use it probably four or five times a week. But I didn't know how much it cost. I told, I, I oh, the if day. you go and look, they, they make money. And then you're also tipping and you want to tip well because you don't want them to spit in your food or eat your food. And then the other thing is they now have the option where you can do priority. Where yeah, basically two ninety nine extra, yeah. they come straight to you. However, I am on to you, DoorDash drivers. You're delivering for DoorDash and Uber Eats right. because the map still shows me you're going way out of not to my house to go drop something else off. But you but never three bucks is worth it. But yes, you yeah, do it. I do always it. do. Try to do, it, but <laughs> do I get so annoyed when I see them driving past my house and going around. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's adapting with change and seeing adapting where solving problems, right? Yeah. And that's what, uh, what most businesses are, are solving problems. And you found where, what did people not like through the jewelry experience? What did they like? And here we are. Now we have this boutique. Right. Well, I think, I, I think you're the trendsetter in this situation, right? Like you're ahead of what jewelry could turn into. Right. I hope so. Uh, I do have a vision, hopefully, of this working out where I can become more of not so local, 
but expanding my reach through the design of rings and such where I could share you could share screens, I could share right. design screens. So you, you don't need inventory, sessions. right? That's the beauty of it. Right. People buy stuff online anyway. And you That's get it the thing. Custom. And then, right. And they're not right, they're well, getting from somebody else. It's, it's all drop shipping, all the online businesses. Well, you, uh, the jewelry businesses are all just drop shipping through different vendors, which is fine. They do a great job. Not, not knocking them at the all. If you really want to, is the world. Yeah. And if you really want to do it, you could even make like a beautiful kit, and you almost mail them out with a return label, a virtual reality headset. So you're actually showing them, and they're seeing it like uh, right in front of them. There you Talk go. to Tega Geek. We could tell you. <laughs> I, I, I got a guy. Got oh, there you go. So <laughs> we got to get this wrapped up, uh, but quickly before we close. Any parting words for businesses that are emerging that something that you would instill in them for tips on branding and marketing yourself in a business? Yeah, just don't, never give up. Uh, be you, right? I think everybody has a personality. Everybody has traits that, you know, lead to uh, them having friends, having relationships, and being real. Uh, I think in the business world, especially in Staten Island, people want to see that. Um, I think it's it's never ending right it's a lifestyle we live right just like we would be a parent we, we're a business owner right just like we would be a student in school right whether we did good in school or not we were still there right so you, you whatever you're into i always just tell people be your best all the time everything's a blessing right so everything's a gift it could be gone tomorrow right so i have young children they're 11 10 and 7 i teach them to give everything they got to everything they do um it's my model if not then don't do it Right. So, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, don't give half. Don't go fifty percent. Give a hundred. And if you uh, in sports now, especially right, because my kids play a lot of sports, it's like, hey man, listen, I know you're sore, I know whatever, but go out there and give a hundred and ten percent regardless. Right? Well, Show we them. had this conversation with Homer Bush from the Ferry Hawks. Are you a guy that's give everyone a participation trophy? Your first place is first place, and everybody else loses. Ah, uh, I mean, I, I don't give that stuff really. I, I tell my kids. I, well, I guess you know, I, I don't. We don't. It's more the league, I guess. But right. am I, am I for that or against that? Uh, I guess I'd be against it, I guess. Uh, against go, everyone getting a trophy. Right. Yeah. I think What's if you wrong win, with you? You, you, you win, should you be saying, I'm for it. Not because trophies. Then everyone should get, well, should get participation bracelets or something. Well, yeah, you can still sell them. No, but listen, we do dog tags from some of the little leagues. We do stuff like that. Um, but it's all for the winners. It's not for the... Well, what Homer Bush said is the fact that what you're seeing a lot of these little league teams teams is some of these people stack the teams and they have the capability to go out and get these grade A players practice six times a week and then it makes the other teams that don't have these players feel like hey I can't win first place and they kind of give up even though that one kid might be the best player in the league but his team isn't stacked all right so that's that's what I tell my kids is go be better than go earn it Go, go out yeah. there and fight for it. Then be out there every single day in the garage. I have a net in my garage for baseball. Go out there, there and hit every single day. You know, there's a good, uh, on HBO, I was on a plane uh, flying back from Florida, and uh, there's the Shaquille O'Neal documentary on HBO. Who uh, thought? I'll watch see? it. No, but I'm saying, I would never so thought you good. were going to quote Shaq. No, it wasn't Shaq even a quote. Well, the, yeah, because they, you know what? They they would hack him, right? They hack a Shaq, remember? And um, he said he went back and he did about 1,000 free throws a day, right? And, and it was him failing so much right he's a big giant guy that couldn't control his body his legs would crumble he'd fall on the floor so he couldn't he was like six foot eleven or whatever <laughs> at like 12 years old or whatever it was six six I mean, whatever it was but but i remember him and I, I made my kids watch it too and they were next to me I'm like watch this watch this watch this because he was so real about his experience of failing that pushed him to work harder than anybody else right and if you're gonna win like then go out there and work harder than everybody else because there's people with talent and if everybody's got some type of talent, right? But there's people out there that are going to work harder than you. And if they work harder than you, 
that'll work, that'll overcome any talent that you have. So the same thing in business, look, go work harder than the next man. If you see your competition doing something, work harder, do better, be better, uh, look to resources on Staten Island. I, again, I look to Phil Granary and, and Christine Fiorenza, right? And they were able to lead me at least to learn a little bit and then at least be able to ask. People want to talk about their experience, right? Want to talk about what they've done and to win and that what they've done to fail, right? And that conversation is, is great because if you absorb it and you really do appreciate it, that's when you start to grow. Uh, through failure. So uh, I've experienced a bunch of failure. I've done a bunch of things. But you know what? I, I pick myself right back up and I learn from it and, and just push forward. And uh, when something succeeds, I, I bank on it and I just keep trying to do it even better. Right? So I think that's the, if the number one thing to give a business owner is never give up. King of diamonds. Words of wisdom. Giddy up. So <laughs> listen, Corey, thank you for sharing your story today. We're going to wrap it up now. Uh, great having you as a guest here. Thank you. Casale Jewelers, Richmond Road. Staten Island, Red Bank. Where's, where are you located in Red Bank? Uh, 157 Broad Street. Where's the best way for people to find you uh, online? Uh, you go to my website, casaljewels.net. There are appointment links right at the top for Red Bank and for Staten Island. Uh, happy to help you with any of your jewelry, watch, and needs. So thank you to my co-host, Anthony Rapachulo, PR Cision, Mike Bloomfield, thank Tech you, Geek. Corey. Make thank sure you. to like, subscribe. And I'm Follow Dan. us on Spotify. I'm Dan Ryan. Apple Music. And that's a wrap. Well, that's a wrap. Come on, yeah, buddy. Anthony, you're happy.